What if... What if... We make three podcasts for October and Halloween season. Something bad is going to happen to me. It hasn't reached me yet, but it's on its way. Family and friends the normally of tranquil Palmer setting of Ararat to pay their final respects to a young Palmer woman Wolf. taken too soon. Ten days after Ellie's funeral, stuff started happening around the house. Sounds seemed to come from Ellie's old room. They didn't really relent, so I thought, well, I'll just set up a camera to, you know, see anything. I looked back and there was footage of a figure moving across the hallway. The image was quite unsettling because it certainly looked like Alice. Tear him up! Episode 18, Lake Mongo. Let's go. Do you know what order you want to do this? I, I was going to do it in, in, in order. order. Yeah, that's great. So that's I actually, I how I wrote them, Lake Terrific. Mongo, good. Yeah, good. Lake Mongo, Borderlands. Yeah. I think that works also. It breaks up the two that are a little similar in, a, in approach as far as... And, yeah, going in order sounds... Plus, Lake Mungo hangs heavily over butterfly kisses. Shall we... Yeah, so Let's I introduce guess, ourselves and do the whole... Hi, Evan. Oh, are we recording right now? I didn't now know. we are. Oh, Jesus. Hey, Paul. Hey, Evan. Uh, it's been about a year since it's, we actually recorded December was our last episode yeah and we probably recorded a month before that so this is ridiculous I'm really glad we're doing this mm. I'm, we've done some video yeah uh, get togethers with folks what do we call what do you call what do you, video I, I call them video casts because I'm old I have no idea yeah, I we, call them hangouts because I'm, I'm technically yeah we, we do live about three hours uh, when hangouts, we do it, it's yeah, about three yeah. hour live stream on YouTube and we just bullshit. And they're up with our episodes. And this is episode 18? Episode 18. Do we actually have a title? I don't think we have a title for this one. I, I, the worst title I could think of I had of a title and I lost it. Found Footage Films We Like. Yeah, that's about what this is, isn't it? But I, I, it's funny because I had... Maybe I'll find the note. Mm. But I thought that I had an idea for a name and... Fuck, no, I don't... Uh, that, but that's what it's going to be. Mm. It's going to be three found footage films that aren't typical. Whether you like them or not, they are not the typical. You will not find... Uh, general, you will not find Screaming Teenagers, by and large. You will not find uh, too much shaky cam. You won't find 45 seconds of a security camera in a kitchen and nothing happening. Um, you might get 10... But yeah. there's a point, and it's not t- it's not time wasting. You're not going to get a lot of jump scares, and uh, the ones you do are good. They are they are at, you're going to get a lot of slow burns, which is not something you usually get in a found footage film. Um, you're going to get real characters, a, a breath of fresh air, and really, if nothing else, se- they're all character studies to a degree. Uh, yes, and they and they all have stories. And most found footage films just don't have characters in them. They have walking meat with the cameras you're not going to get a lot of keep filming keep actually i don't think you get any keep that keep the cameras going no there's what these films all have in common is somebody the film they're all written directed by one person and they all have somebody at the helm who basically said how do i how do we get around the camera bullshit how do we avoid where it's more like wreck record or wreck but where the cameras are on board for real reasons. Uh, this is not just a bunch of go- paranormal experts who are trying to find a ghost in a house and just put cameras everywhere and then 
some jerk, the techie, holds the camera all the time and is miraculously showing the camera at right. the right I time. Right. I think the thing is, this is the reason we like all three of these films. There's a lot of tropes in yeah. found footage yeah. that really turn me off. And I think these films really solve all those problems. They all move. I enjoy the stories in all of them. Yeah, yeah. And the stories are important. The characters are important. Dialogue's important. Your mileage will vary if you're looking for haunted house uh, attraction type stuff. None of these are like that. Um, I got sucked into all three of them. You recommended all three to me. I didn't watch any. I wasn't I interested in any of them. I may have seen... Well, I saw like Mungo like two years ago mm. or something like that. I, I've, I have already seen it. I really... And obviously enjoyed it. And we both... I, I, I watched Borderlands and then I watched Butterfly Kisses. And I'm trying to remember how I fell into Butterfly Kisses... It might have just been, okay, what's this title? It's an odd title. And I looked into it, and I just gave it a try. Yeah, and I, and I liked, actually... Because I don't like found footage it that was, much, it to was, be honest. It was, I mean, I had never seen Lake Mongo. That's funny. I thought, I, for some reason, I thought you had seen that one. I, yeah. I had actually just saw that fairly recently, mm. over the last few months, I think, right. was the first time I saw it. And then you suggested the other two, and I think because Lake Mongo was different... And I felt we were on the same page you gave when it, it came a shot. to this. Yeah. yeah, and I was I was thoroughly impressed. And they're very different films, even though they share a lot of similarities, which I found fascinating. Going, I watched all three in a row last night uh, because, and I had just watched Lake Mungo possibly like maybe two and a half weeks ago. It won't, well, we're gonna go. Are we gonna we're gonna start with Lake Mungo? Are yeah. we? So why don't we? Yeah, let's start with Lake Mungo. Dive in on that. Yeah, that's the year-wise. That's the first one. It's from two thousand and eight. Yeah, we're it's, gonna go in order. It's Australian. Mate, uh, I think you have to say that. Joel Anderson is the director, right? And writer and director, yeah. Right, and and this is it's found footage, but in the sense that it's a a fake documentary, which I see people call mockumentaries. Which and I, I doesn't think that word doesn't work. No, because I thought I always thought a mockumentary was Spinal Tap. And yeah, it's, it's a fiction. You know, all the stuff that. Um, Best in show and all that stuff. So I don't understand how mockumentary. Yes. Yeah, it's it's a it's a fake documentary. I'd the, rather call it yeah a, yeah a fictional documentary or found footage adjacent, which stinks. But mockumentary absolutely is terrible. It could easily be crime documentary, right? Or a terrible occult documentary that you usually see on. If the high concept of Lake Mungo is basically that if it is about a haunting. Uh, it's a family tragedy in this town. There's a drowning. A daughter is drowned. It's right. covered by the news, and it starts with the news footage. And then we learn more and more about this family. We learn more and more about their neighbors, friends, the town, things that happen as they, members of the family come to believe that possibly their, the daughter, Alice, uh, is still with them. In one way or another. In one way or another. But the high concept of it is that if you were to walk in after the title card, after the words mm. Lake Mungo appear, you would not be laughed at for thinking this was a real documentary about something that you may or may not believe. It looks, it's like a discovery. It, yes. it, it's, it's like an Errol Morris, that artsier kind of, where they will show silent shots of funeral people from the funeral, from the coroner's department. So you get a look and then they start speaking and you see the environments and they'll have recreation shots of people. It reminded me a lot of that, you know, Thin Blue Line or whatever that was called. And, and that kind of, with somber music, not Philip K. Glass, not Philip right. Glass, but Philip K. Glass. <laughs> not only is it repetitive, but it's not real, possibly. 
So the high concept is is that this is a this is going to be completely shot like a documentary, right? And you could watch it from beginning to end, literally like you were just watching a documentary. Yeah, if you miss the first minute uh, and don't see the title and sat down, you'd be like, "Oh, this is some." You might not believe it. You might go, "Oh, here's some bullshit." But it's basically like watching in search of done by an art, a more it's artistic very, crew. That's the thing of the three movies we're going to talk about. I think this looks the best and is the best directed. I think Borderlands looks the best personally because there's more to look at but i but i would but i would argue with myself and that i think what's um, what's interesting about all three of these films is a level of artlessness uh, mungo was what i w watched last and lake mungo out of the three of them is the e is the easiest in my opinion dismissed by people who are not into these films because the art of making an actual fake documentary with its common shots of towns with its interviews with people who are awkward they everyone involved does a pitch perfect job there uh, one of the things that i dislike about a lot of found footage is not just the shaky cam and the stupid screaming kids who don't know what they're doing but the inauthentic quality of certain of the footage um like well, i recently i think that's why i'm saying i yeah. feel like it's it's the best shot well I, it's the most, I feel, it's the I most feel, well put together I, you know i feel immersed in this yes I feel like I'm I'm buying what I'm seeing Definitely. and what they're trying to give. You us. forget that you're watching a movie sometimes, and you're actually trying to figure out, and then you kind of slip back into the oh, that's right, these are actors. It can fool you for scenes and sequences because you're trying to put things together real in a more realistic. Right. You're trying to make a more realistic connection. I don't understand people who think the acting in this is terrible. I I don't think or, the acting is terrible, but one of the things that after I rewatched it the second time yesterday, I read that a lot of the dialogue was improvised by the actors as they went along. They had a basic right. idea. They had, where a, they, go. they had, they had, a, yeah. The, the director gave them a through line of here's what we need to accomplish. It didn't feel like Blair Witch made up dialogue, like I kicked the map into the into the, the river type nonsense. I don't really remember hitting brick walls. I I didn't hit any brick walls, but they were sometimes, especially after I read that. Mm where I noticed that a little more. Sure. Where I was like, it feels like it, someone reaching for something. But yeah, I mean, I didn't mind that because um, it made people seem more real. I don't even think Australian audiences are very familiar with these actors. I don't think that they're like actors from whatever the Australian version of EastEnders or Guiding Light or, or any right. TV shows are. I mean, it really helps that these are very real looking people. The set designs and everything is just, everything looks right. Nothing really looks contrived to me you no know, they're the, in real houses they're in real places yeah we're not really talking about the story at this point but they really build a compelling and and convincing world which sounds ridiculous because you're just talking about this town how deep they go into the number of interviewees the number of neighbors co-workers a lot of stuff which is not sexy that's the thing about this movie it's the least sexy it, for lack of a better term, it's right. the less, it's the least shocking. It's the least horrifying. There are really no set pieces other than possibly one. The other two movies have jump scares or fake jump scares. Important moments. Important moments that are visually striking and exciting. Well, this movie just at a steady beat keeps moving forward, keeps chipping away, asking questions, interviewing people, revealing things revising things and trying to clarify everything like it's an, the art of artlessness it it's not trying to impress you but when you're done watching it you're like holy shit they did the trick they did the impression the, the impression of a documentary is 
pretty pitch perfect. Yeah. From the choice of establishing shots just to show people's homes. And visually, there's a lot lot going on. It's not just people sitting on couches being interviewed. There's a lot of... When you watch it a second or third time, you can really see how they knew that they had a possibility of it being a little too dull. So they change scenery. They change locations, times. Characters are wearing lots of different outfits. Their hair changes. They, they do a really good job of integrating children's photo, childhood photos of the, de- of the drowned girl with video, new video footage that they take. And it's very cleverly done. They, they made the effort to really convince you uh, even if you're aware of it being fiction, that this is a documentary, which is amazing. An amazing job. Should we go into the story real quick? Do you want to go into the story? I mean, because it's, to be honest, even with my, you know, rambling, it's the simplest story. Is it the simplest story? No, I would actually argue it's the most complicated story. Weirdly enough, it's funny because, yeah, the other two films are based on big, big mysteries. This is a small mystery, but it's... Which the most would, emotionally deep. There are times when you're watching this, I felt I wasn't sure exactly where the director wanted me to think about things. Sure. Am I thinking about a certain mystery? Am yeah. I thinking about a super, super supernatural thing? I feel like, for me, Lake Mongo would have been improved if two or three little plot lines were jettisoned. <laughs> I think I know one of the ones that you're going to talk about but let's let's let, why don't we All talk right, about so, that while we talk about the story right because, so yeah there's a couple there's an angle that just did not work for me mm-hmm. and maybe it'll be the same one like like you said late mongo starts with um a teenage girl alice who dies on a family vacation alice palmer it starts with a girl named palmer dying right. it's hard to get away from that connection i don't know if they meant it or not if it isn't clear evan is talking about laura palmer from the tv show twin peaks Sure, and is Alice always a, um, in Wonderland? Yeah, I know. It's with it's, every character. It's a weighted choice of of a character name, especially with what unravels. So yes, she's at a. They're at a family. They're they're, they're hanging at a, out at a dam. At a dam, oh. she's swimming. She's she's in the water with her brother. Her brother's Matthew. Right. Father's Russell. And her mother's, mother's June. June. Those are our four main characters, and the movie opens with dialogue, and it's Alice. I feel like something bad is going to happen to me. I feel like something bad has happened. It hasn't reached me yet, but it's on its way. And she talks about a foreboding feeling. I did not remember that. It was the third rewatch where I really caught that, where the first thing we see, before we see this, the first thing we see is setting up the Ararat in Australia, the town. I think it's called Ararat. And um, we hear Alice, and she, this comes back later. We, we find out what this dialogue is in context later on. But it's, she's scared, obviously, about something foreboding. And then, yeah, we go to police footage of the drowning. Right. We talk to Matthew, her brother. Matthew is in the water with her. The first thing that moves the plot along is that when her body is found, eventually, yeah. a body is found in the lake, it takes a, a drunk girl. Takes like, couple of days, I think. And the father identifies Alice as his daughter. Russell says it was his job to do this. There's some interest. A right. lot of the character work comes out in repeated viewings. A lot of things they say and don't say and imply. The relationships are so important. And Russell says... I, I would I argue it was- that some of the relationships aren't important and, and well, get in the way of the story. 
Hmm. Well, we'll get into. Yeah, it. let's get to that because I'm, I might not agree with you on that. Um, but but yeah, Russell. A, a bit of uh, masculinity comes up. Father of the house, not in any kind of aggressive way, but he's like, he just felt he needed to do this. This is my role as the father. June did not need to endure this. There's a really weird detail though that the night that they lost her and she had not been found, that the car. I, this is a weird detail that I don't know how it does it have any meaning. And they do reenactments. The film is made up of, re, of interviews, reenactments, police footage. Static shots of locations and interiors as they're discussing certain things. And then some found footage. Uh, cameras are, are shown later. Uh, but they sh the car driving backwards, wasn't that a weird detail? Yeah, there's a, there's a weird detail when they have to leave the area, the car will only go in reverse. Like, it goes backwards. Yes. And I don't know if that's supposed to have anything to do with time. Well, th right. Because one of, the, one of the issues that I don't think is giving away anything too early is... You could probably look at this movie as a murder mystery, yeah, as a supernatural story, or as a science fiction story. Sure, sure, because there is elements. Yes, there's definitely time loopy definitely. shit going on, and and as a character study, as a, of and a study of grief, and a family that's not what it seems to be. Yeah, I mean, well, that I mean, that's a sign of an interesting film too. It's not that okay. it's just that it's its tentacles are all over the well, place, but that it has rose. Look, I will out. be I will I will be honest. I will be most critical of, of Mongo Lake. Yeah. I really, really like Mongo Lake. Yeah, it is not a dislike. Yeah. Oh it no, is, that's fine. There are things that, you know, when you're grading from one to ten, if you're doing that in your head, that I would have well, changed. Well no, this would be a little this is bit. good because the fact is I I going into an episode where we're like, here's three pretty detailed movies we are probably gonna be talking for quite a while. If you know that we like the films, there's less drama. But right. if we have problems with places, yeah. that's yeah. I think that's perfectly great. Plus, I'm curious to hear that because, you know, I, I realize we're off top, we're semi off topic. Here. Looking up, going into deep dives on these films, it, you'd think that you'd be able to find interesting conversation and detail and and material pretty easily with the internet. And what you mainly find are people going, "This was boring. This sucks." <laughs> And, and that's on, like, websites people give a shit about, even. Or, this was a class, instant classic, 10 out of 10, I have no problems, uh, you know, uh, blah, blah, I was terrified. And I'm like, There's, there seems to be nobody just basically going, did anybody catch this? Or, I saw an interview with the filmmaker, because I didn't find a lot of interviews, I'm sure they're out there, but uh, Butterfly Kisses is, is interesting because there's a, a, a massive amount of material, if you're interested in the film, to go dive into afterwards. Mungo is like a cause celeb because everybody wants this. This guy's being treated like Charles Lawton. Never making a second film. A large part of the buzz is that he hasn't made a second film, and people are up his ass to do that. And I'm like, let him do what he wants. But whatever. Okay, the film doesn't isn't greater because it's the only one someone made. And uh, in this case, he has only made one feature film. Borderlands was made is the only feature film of that director. And Butterfly Kisses is the second yeah. and last for tragic for tragic reasons. reasons. Uh, I mean, tragedy certainly. It's a, this is a gloomy trio of films, first of all. I find them exciting because I find them thrilling in the way that M.R. James and ghost stories can be and things like that, uh, or Lovecraft or, or Cosmic Horror, because there's these, or Urban Legend, because it touches on so many things that I'm into, but they are depressing movies. By, they really are. Yeah, you don't I, come out of the three of them going, that was feel well, good. And, and I think one of the reasons that is, is because even the characters in these films that you might not like as much, are really good characters. This made, the, all three films have characters that I dislike intensely. 
or that I don't trust or that I get a vibe get a I'm not, I'm not I don't want your action figure and I feel bad for them <laughs> they made me feel bad I mean they made me feel bad for absolute jerks in some of them you know, there's no scumbags in these movies either they don't they what I like about like Mongo and some of the others is that they really tend to not veer into out there's not an outright villain other than whatever your bugaboo might be whatever your your supernatural entity was they, but they don't, you know, those things, it's besides the point. These are not horror, they're not developing horror icons or or villains or you, you two of the movies have, you know, anyway, I'm going, I'm off the, Alice has drowned. And this is not Lake Mungo, by the way. Right. That's Lake, something that I got a little confused. Right. The, the problem is she, she does not dra- drowned at Lake Mungo. She drowns in a, in a uh, dam. It's area. like a park that, yeah. yeah, it's a dammed off lake area that, that pick people Right. They actually explicitly show her being raised by the police. The police footage is terrific, by the way. I mean, mm. all the footage yeah. is just super believable. They don't go too far to the left or the right. They, it's pitch. The, the newscasters' voices are good. The graphics are good. The, the damaged film quality, broadcast film quality looks right. There's a lot of care put into it to make it. And, and that's what I talk about artlessness. You, I think there's a lot that you can not. If you're looking for certain things, you're overlooking how well done. Right. So, so you're the not underpinnings wa- of the outfit are you can't see. The, it's like a magician. It's like a magic act, right? In some ways, right. Unlike films that are, you know, this is a '70s throwback. This is an '80s throwback that gets you. Angry here's a here's a, uh, two movies, two found footage movies that I've seen recently. Uh, Hell House LLC, which I did not like, but thought had some good creepy scenes in it, but I did not think was good. And the taking of Deborah Logan, which I. I wanted to throw things at <laughs> almost the entire film. Have new scenes with fictional newscasts in them that utterly fail. Mm. And Hell House LLC, that's your opening stuff. They're describing, they're doing exactly what Lake Mungo does. You're, they're starting with newscast footage of a tragedy. And you've got this absolutely flat supposed newscaster that doesn't sound... Everyone knows what newscaster sounds like. It's so easy to fuck that up. And it's amazing how often they do that they don't write the correct. Get find a somebody that works at a news station, you know what I mean, and pay them to write, even if it's only thirty seconds, to write the actual journalistic ease. That because we've all heard that stuff our whole lives, and we all sort of know when it's fake, and we know when the footage looks wrong. And we know when the graphics look like absolute dog shit. Well, it is especially jarring in a found footage film because. By its nature, the genre is we're voyeuristically looking right. at something real. Right. This is real life. Right. This, this is, is all a... supposed to be based on a true story. Right. And this is supposed to be the true story. And and the, the the quality of sucking you into that thing lives and dies on the fake authenticity, mm. which is why Lake Mungo is is uh, it, in my opinion Lake Mungo is the most convincing fake. Oh, it, it is yeah. Of yes. these do- fake documentaries and fake you know I mean it's just they're able to get away with a lot because it's supposed to be assembled that's well, why that's, they can have the mood like said, music it, yeah. this is supposed to be a professional documentary right. like i said you could believe you're watching something that is finished yep. you're watching the beginning and the end of it that's not true with the other film yeah this but this this looks like it could be on lifetime or discovery or whoever the hell national geographic mm-hmm. i mean it's bogus but so is finding bigfoot and all that stuff <laughs> exactly that's the whole thing i mean but it is it's it's dead serious there's it's not a funny movie um, they don't jerk around. You no, know what I mean? there's they no humor in. There's no. Mark. There's really no humor. No. There's irony, possibly you know humorous bewilderment, 
Get back into the plot. Let me try well, to shut up. They pull her up, and they and her body is shown. They show her right. dead body. The photos, the the, the um, coroner photos, mm. and they're awful. She's fish white. Her mm. eye, one eye seems to be out. It's the only overt gore right. in the movie. In the, right. In the, Russell has um, witnessed has identified son, identified the, the body. The, the mother. The, June is grieving very hard. Right. All, the whole family seems to be grieving. Over this, obviously. In different ways. Right. And I think Russell is working. June is a mess and literally walking the streets at night and going <laughs> into people's houses. A weird detail. There is a little suspicion of whether or not that was truly Alice's right. body. June kind of... There's a... There's a, there's a, there's a hopeful... Displacement of June not... And, it, and the thing is, this is real. I mean, if you read... Of course. Um... One of the other things that I really like about this film is how uh, authentic it feels when it deals with things that actually happen in uh, in, in poltergeist or ghost. Quote, real. <laughs> the the Enfield, uh, and a lot of British poltergeist and, and American poltergeist uh, activity. The family behaves the way that experts and the, mm. the media behaves uh, is paralleled really well here. And the fact that June hasn't seen the body creates a lot of the tension she just doesn't accept she right. starts to doubt and won't accept that it's her daughter because she hasn't seen the body is it possible that alice is alive they start hearing sounds that's one thing that i had forgotten there are some phenomena that, right that and kick there's, in. right and there's there's the also closing to add to your you know we've added the weird things the backward driving car the mother going into houses. I found there, there's a part early where the father, Russell, talks about being in her room. Right. And seeing he her... sees her. Come in. This uh, is an important factoid because there's hooks to keep the family and the media interested. Right. They, uh, replace, door, they replace her door because it's been closing. So you've got haunting phenomena. Right, right off the bat. But nothing... Haunting. They also throw... They throw a lot of things into doubt. His... Co-worker is interviewed and believes he saw something. Whether it was a ghost, he doesn't really want to say. This would be one of my first issues with, with the overall story. Yeah. Is, are we being presented that this is a, a mystery, a murder, a foul play, a, a, a family issue? I honestly believe throughout the movie they throw a lot of hints that way. A about Russell? About, no, or, about Matthew. Hmm. And well, he's the last one to have seen her. Right. He's the last one to see her. And there are some really huh. interesting that didn't... voyeuristic video shots of them together. You're right. Where... That's true. There's a, there's a couple of shots of her basically asking him to get out of the room. Right. There's shots of her putting her hand up. Right. Now, he, they said he was very close with her. Yes. He's supposedly the only one who seems to have a close relationship with her. And look, there's nothing wrong with... Uh, I'm right. not saying there's this nothing is a flaw. But there is, but huh. there's a stack of, is this what we're watching now? For me, that went in the back of my mind. Yeah, is this I, another, I never got that. Is yeah. that another layer? Matthew becomes really the important part. Matthew is an instigator in more ways than one. Matthew, I think, is the first person to basically set the wheels in motion. I think it's because of the backyard photo. Right. The backyard photo, we're going to put a pin in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When we're done with this... There's something I have to say about the backyard photo. But, it might be the same thing I have to say right, about the and, backyard. And, and, about and, all those photos. Well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're going to get to that. Yeah. I think it's a problem a lot of people would have with it because it's basically... Well... Yeah. So... Yeah. (laughs) What what we find out is that Matthew's into photography. Right. He's... he's Photography is a super through line if you're academically inclined to go into Vora's... Because, I mean, I realized that watching it again, I was like, yeah, duh, cameras. Duh. The whole thing's on camera. The whole thing's are cameras. Matthew's character is, is voyeuristic, artistic and manipulative mm. of his imagery and there's a lot that a psychologist could right. probably and going to your angle which is i did not consider i don't know if i'm convinced but it's oh i don't, it's, I don't. but it's 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 a, I, I feel it's i feel like if you were a... writing a book i would definitely put that in there and pursue it <laughs> okay. you know what i mean if you were writing a monograph on this film sure i mean that's really interesting no. i mean those could have been coincidences that footage because he's the one running around with the camera most of the time right He's very rarely on camera with her. It's her alone. Right. And there, June, there, the mom. But there are a couple of instances where he is on camera with her. And I found those filmed in a way that made me wonder if I was overthinking it. Yeah. There's a lot of overthinking. Right. Well, that's why these films are so good. Really, which is why I really enjoy them. Because, yeah, watching, watching Hell House LLC and basically the only thing I was thinking was, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> why the fuck did they do? Where was, where was the building inspector? This is, come on. I don't know anything about the world. Where's the building? You you inspect haunted houses. Our backyard photo is a, is a, a photo that shows Alice standing in the backyard after she drowned. He had been taking, he had normally taken photos of their backyard in the hills beyond. Like, right. As time lapse. Yeah. As a, yeah. To see the changes and, and, you know, this was one of his projects. And they showed a bunch of his photos. There's no bullshitting in that. They actually speak to the people he worked with. He works at a film. It looks like he works in a movie house. Yeah, he does. And know. he's working with a with a. I mean, it's it, it it's not a lark, and uh, they really back up a lot of the claims of the characters yeah. and things like yeah, that. They, 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 yeah, you know, it's it's authentic. With... They give you background information through visuals and through interviews, and not only that, just to establish that you know. He's always been taking pictures, but his expertise with the equipment. So that's a problem. Yeah, he gets right? there's a, the photo he takes, very creepy, spirit photo, photo, photograph. In fact, the, the movie opens with spirit photographs. I think that's an interesting thing that, that I forgot that Alice speaks over that, uh, the actual authentic like cyclical research. Bullshit. <laughs> we almost said it the same. Right, which isn't it? Which is which is an interesting way to open it because yes. actually they're showing inherent bullshit, mm. debunked bullshit. It's creepy. As hell, right? But it's bullshit, which is an interesting thing because to me, that's one of the things that's great about like Mongo. If you watch this as a real document, it's I I am a sucker for these things, but I don't believe in them. They still will creep you out, and that's what Lake Mongo does. Right. But yeah, to, to, to finally nail that, we have a photograph supposedly of Alice in the right. backyard staring into that. Right. After that, we have this other incident where uh, a couple is at the dam where uh, Alice is drowned. And they photograph... Oh, actually, no. I think we have... There's a guy who does it. They photograph him later. Well, I thought there were two that couples. Guy Sme- I think that no, the, you're... the first one is some, some, some older dude. Right. So what we have ha- is... A... Captures another supposed shot of Alice. Right. He's at the... Uh, an... At the, at the, the at, lake where she drank. Right. The dam. It, it appears to be her. It's very hard to see. It's a person in a hood or something. Her, the most noticeable thing is the jacket. This pushes the story into... They really want to know now the family whether or not Alice is yeah. buried where they think they think. they think there's a presence in their house and June is convinced Alice isn't gone Al- and even Russell starts to right he even says 
He's not sure now. So, Which is interesting to throw off your own memories and your own... Right. What your own evidence to well, your I own think he eyes even is. says that he almost... He, he was almost, believed it because he wanted it to be yeah. true. Yeah, that he was just—he was starting to hope it was some homeless person, or mm. maybe he was wrong because. Right. The, but but but. So they exhume. But you can tell they're mostly placating June. Right. They really exhume like. Alice's body, and it's Alice. They do the DNA she, test. She's dead. Yeah. So we know we have a dead. Right. Alice. Here's one point that I I, I, I let me throw this in here. I'm curious when the document. It, I don't believe it's revealed. It's not super important. Maybe. I'm curious as to when the. Suppose the documentary crew that's making the main film, because they mentioned that there are other media in, involved, people bugging them, and the people who are making this movie in this movie in the movie, the people who are making the documentary about the family. I'm curious as to when they enter the scene, because we're reaching an important point in a couple of steps about Matthew. Mm. We have interviews with Matthew, and at one point he says, "It would appear that Alice is standing in the backyard," right, which is an interesting way of saying things. Matthew doesn't commit one way or the other, but Matthew's the one who's finding a lot of the evidence. Although you have this guy's footage at the at the at the lake, so yeah, you've got the, it's starting to triangulate, right? And they've got the noises; they're having dreams. The father thinks he's seen her. There's definitely enough yeah, there's... probable cause for them to feel things are wrong, right? Even and... after the body is. I mean, do we introduce the psychic before? This Matthew is what I'm trying doing? to find. Um, the investigation begins with the exhumation, really. The actual, like, what is going on here begins with that. That's our, that's our point, where, what you've discussed. And Matthew's video, hearing noises, June goes to Ray. Right. We then we then see her on his show, I think. Or, or we well, see we, him. We see him in we, a He's introduced as a well, character. Yeah, well, yeah, we see, a, it's funny, we see radios, uh, we see radio interviews, I think, in two of these movies, which is yeah. weird. And it, yeah, no, exactly. And it's, we basically get, we, we get our art, uh, uh, what's his face, Art Bell kind of. Right. So we, we're introduced to a, a, a psychic. Yeah. Who supposedly um, helps people in their grieving process. That's really he what He does consultations and he does a radio show and he'll do cold readings for people. Right. And from what we get from his radio show, he will, he basically seems to say he has real abilities. And he's, I wrote here, Ray is hard to read. Well, it's interesting because Ray says two things that I thought were really interesting. I wonder if... The one thing he says is, oh, well, they try to come back. They come through windows. They come through mirrors. Which I thought was an interesting way of setting up what's coming up soon. But then he says... I've never seen a ghost. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He also is also, there's an interesting bit of business, which again, you want to take a lot of this on face value, but at the same time, you want to take, this is what was chosen to be put into the film. Mm. Is this an ad-libbed line? Right. Is this a line that was fed to him? He is, I, I couldn't catch it. Now, you actually did an interesting thing. We should talk about that real quick. You watched, when you rewatched it, you watched it with subtitles on. Right. For, in some ways for the, um, the accents. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, honestly, I wasn't watching these films as a, a film experience. Yeah. The, I was really watching these the second time to really get the story and same, the structure. Same, same here. When I watched yeah. them last night, I was really trying to get details, sequence of events, catch interesting things I didn't catch before. And one of the things that I caught was Ray talks about his background, and I di- I could not remember. Uh, I think he's Turkish, he says, or something like that. Now I can't even remember. Yeah, I'm not even sure. He changed his name. Right. So, but so this is, is a small detail, but it's something that that I thought was an interesting detail. 
He changed his name to Ray and he says, it's a more trustworthy name for a psychic. Yeah. Now, which is a very interesting way to say that. It says, I want you to trust me, so I'm willing to manipulate events right. to get you to trust me more. I'm the real deal, but I'm going to present myself in a... In a realer... <laughs> I'm going to change a few things. I'm going well, to manipulate the situation. I'm going to not reveal everything right. I th- I, about I, myself. I find it... I mean, changing a name is not a big deal. It's entertainment, but it's a funny thing to well, say. I think what you're getting... Is, is some of the things that I was saying before with my criticisms of the film, is there's so much in it. Yeah. And sometimes I'm not sure why it's there. Exactly. And yeah. I'm and, and it's bringing me out of the film. Seeing it and you're watching time. a movie and you're starting, especially when you're selecting shots like this, you feel like everything's important. Everything, and the thing is, so much in the movie is important, clearly important, because you were pointing to character, you were pointing to incident, you were pointing to belief. You were pointing to the overall picture. They ask a lot of these interviewers, do you believe in ghosts at certain points in the films? What did you think about... I mean, we learn new things all the time. Information is constantly being changed. So everything feels important. So when a, when a character just says something offhand, or somebody does something offhand, it can stick out like a sore thumb. The, these or movies it can are, feel like it's a pointer in a direction that it doesn't take. Right, because I think all three of these movies are also mysteries. Yes. They are, which, def- which is not necessarily the case that all found footage. No, they're, no, not at all. A lot of found footage has... Like uh, Grave Encounters, which I remember enjoying. Oh, yeah, I remember just it's a it's a it's a it's a stunt ride. To me, it's one of the better. Yeah. Here's a haunted house. Thing. This is what I want. You're gonna throw shit at me, but paranormal. Well, I haven't. You know, the funny thing is, I haven't seen paranormal activity, and I know oh. that it obviously. Oh. But I know that it looms large over even these films. Oh, I, mean, I think so. Uh, or at least uh, Butterfly Kisses and uh, definitely um, the Borderlands. Borderlands, but. Um, but the thing is, yeah, I mean, the mysteries are deep and they're detailed and they're layered. They're not just what's going on in the house. Right. Do we find, all right, there's a snake, uh, a guy who worships snakes and kills children. The, that's all. I mean, but that could be anything. Right, right. The guy who worships snakes and kills children in, in Deborah Logan could have been uh, a magician who was into black magic and, and, and killed yeah. dogs. Or he killed the neighbors. Or the neighbors, the murder. It, it, the, the mystery is window dressing to, mm. to a lot of these movies or, it, or it's a MacGuffin it's just why are we putting cameras up to get scared right I was thinking of the differences that each of them represent as a found footage film yeah. yet two have documentary styles but one is a finished one one is a meta one one is a one, one is classic kind of we put up cameras and sure. look at everything to the point where you go really that has an amazing story a very, I would, I would read the Borderlands story in a short story form sure. and go, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Well, one of the things that, you know, when we get through all three of these, one of the things I liked about all of them is that they have, they really establish interesting lore. Mungo Lake doesn't have so much of, Mungo Lake is at its heart a really pure ghost story in a way that most ghost stories aren't. There is a real presence in this movie. There is a real haunting and... It's a kind. Of, it's a quiet horror. It's a classic kind of quiet horror, although it's a very modern take on that because of the technology and the invasive quality of the technology, uh, and and uh, the invasive quality of a documentary, which is a, which is funny because there's a point. I hope I, if I remember it, there's a point on the third on my third watch from last night that I just went, wait a fucking minute, wait a fucking minute, that's wrong. <laughs> I'm mad at these people, you know. What I mean? But but yeah. So uh, but we I get, we you know as we as is our want we are all over the place. <laughs> but hopefully this is uh, 
hopefully, like butterfly kisses, we can move through it all, all the phases. <laughs> so Ray, we it, Ray is introduced as a psychic, and this ups the ante and right. sets up the rest of the film in many ways. Here's the psychic investigator invited into the home, right? And he he does a um, hypnosis sense, uh, session with the wife, and this is a very important part of oh, the story. Definitely, yes. And and the wife describes. He keeps putting her in the house. I think right. He he's, he is it dreams that she has or is it vision? He puts her into the house and basically has her exploring, right the sensations. Right, and he does that multiple times with multiple people. Yeah, he keeps guiding her through their house, and she has visions and and of of Alice meeting with Alice, but not connecting with Alice. Right, which I mean, is Alice is there, but out of phase or out of touch or cannot see her which seems also as they're going through the mundane aspects of the documentary to mirror and echo their real life relationship one of the things that's brought up in the film the grandmother yeah tells a story about how she never felt as a mother connected with june and she then says i think june is the same with alice and she also says her with her own mother yes this family has a there's a lineage yeah. of the women not being able to be close with one another, of cutting each other off, and of ha- also of having, keeping themselves walled off from everyone, mm. to a degree that you know, which which is interesting because it's like nobody made the connection with Alice that Alice would be that way. We wonder what are the secrets that June has. What are the secrets that her mother has? Well, again, makes me wonder if the if the filmmakers are suggesting there's more. It's hard to tell. Again. It's really hard to tell unless you got a, an interview with mm. the director. Yeah. yeah. It is hard to tell because they, some of these things could just be character bits, but it's really hard not to tra- take the football and run with it on almost all of it. Why is the car going backwards? Why is June going into other people's houses? And Ray does a seance. Right. Is this where we're going? Uh, yeah. Is Ray, Ray, is, Ray is now with the family, talking to the family, and makes a connection with Matthew. Yes. Almost as a surrogate father, I felt. That's interesting. Okay, That's, sure. They end up, they, later on, they end up bonding and going right. on road trips, yeah. and he, Matthew starts helping him out. And the, fun, the interesting thing about Ray is that I think that people might find that relationship odd, but it actually jibes really well with historical documentation of psychic investigators or self-proclaimed psychic investigators who ingratiate themselves generally, not necessarily in, a, you know, in, a, in an exploitative way, but end up becoming part of these families. They start staying at the houses... They become mentors and psychiatrists and therapists and shoulders to cry on. And they become ingratiated and become important parts of the family, which I thought was really fascinating because, you know, it rang true. Yeah, Ray is just, they never bust Ray out one way or the other. No. Ray never cracks as a put on, as a con man. Or or real. Or as, as real because he doesn't, he's an interesting character in that they don't make him, well, he he's doesn't, played very carefully. He doesn't do really much in the sense of of solving no or helping he no. really is more of a therapist of these but people that's, than that's, he is a that's really it because he doesn't make breakthroughs for them in fact they don't have a breakthrough and they do a seance which june is interested in june is for matthew is interested russell's kind of like well Ru- russell's a weird guy because russell's kind of like kind of floats through everything i mean there's obviously things bothering him but he he does not reveal his emotions no. In the movie. He might not even have emotions to a degree. He, yeah. He's a very odd, flat, steady guy. 
there's not a lot of emotional interaction between him and his family, which I found interesting. June and him never have a intimate moment or an emotional moment or a hug or hold hands. Again, that might be because they just never thought of doing it. It might have nothing to do mm. with what the script or what the movie is trying to do. Um, but it's weird. People talk about how Russell basically seemed, they were a little unnerved in that he didn't really show emotion about it. I mean, he was supposedly, he was upset, but he get nothing from him. But the, uh, the, the seance fails, but is important because... It, it, we're setting up cameras now. Matthew has decided to film everything. I think Matthew sets it up and Ray is okay with it. And there's a, there basically is a static camera that captures the kitchen table where they're having the seance and a hallway, which is an interesting... Matthew's supposed to know how to set... It's funny if you think about it now. <laughs> Matthew should be composing shots better than that. We have a shot of a figure moving through the hallway that could appear to be Alice. Right. We right. have the backyard photo, and we have this figure moving through the hallway. I think, I think Matthew may have already had taken, put some video together because of the, the noises. Okay. I think there's the moving shot. The shot where they think that there's a figure right. moving in the hallway, which helps add to the and then, but this is the static shot. This is the but this is the money shot when they're because Matthew watches the video and says, "Hey, you can see her face in a mirror in the hall right. in, the, in the other room down the hallway." Right, and that also leads to another one where we see her in her bedroom. I yes. believe she's in the mirror. They, they, the it mirror. catches her reflection in the mirror, and I forgot that Ray talked about mirrors and right. windows, which is really interesting and a nice detail. Right, because was because it might be obvious if you haven't seen this that. There's going to be a twist coming up. Yeah, there's a involving these paranormal sightings of Alice in yeah. pictures and in video. And it also colludes really well with classic psychic investigator in the fact that they find out Bullshit. it's a fucking hoax. Right. Which is a inter really interesting choice. And Right. M Matthew, we find out that because Matthew knows his photography, like you said, that's been set up. He's decided to fake this. Yeah. And his explanations the, are the, not great. Not at all. I actually wrote down his... Matthew's motivations are dodgy. Yes. <laughs> uh, he gets busted out. He doesn't... Uh, that's, where the, that's where the couple comes in. Yeah. A couple were looking through some... Uh, you know, some just videos that they're looking at. Uh, they're in the, they, that live in town. Right, which also means that this town is aware of yes, what's going on. Yes, they actually on. establish that really well because it's not really super important, but they are interviewing her schoolmates. They are interviewing Alice's boyfriend. They are interviewing uh, June's co-worker, which seems to be at a library, uh, Russell's co-worker. They are talking to the police. In fact, at one point, the in fact, they talk to a policewoman about Ray, <laughs> real briefly. They are asking her, "Are you were you aware of... The um, the phenomenon they don't call it this, but we were what was going on in the house that there was. Th she goes, yes, we had you know we had heard rumors that there were videos and things that showed certain things, and and we were you aware of of this this man Ray coming in? And I, I think in both cases she says yes, they were both suspicious. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which was really <laughs> terrific performance yeah. for having only a few lines in the movie. It's it's a laugh. It's one of the few laugh out loud, but it but it, it works really great. Yeah. That the pub the public is aware, and that later on they also talk. The family mentions that they were having a bit of a meltdown uh, after the hoax is revealed because the press had been hounding them. 
there had been right. reporters and magazine writers and book and authors uh, at their door type things. And the, and the press has been writing articles about these things. Right. So what winds up happening is at this at the dam, a couple realizes they were on vacation the same day that this supposed photograph they of saw, Pasolak. They saw the they man saw the who, man took, who they, took the picture. Which is a great detail. Yes. That they don't see. So they decide then to look through all their stuff. Because they, 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 they go ghost hunting. Right. And which is they, funny because they go, do you believe in ghosts? And both of them go, oh no, no. And, and what but they just thought, what the hell? So they start looking for Alice. Right. And which, what do they why, find? Wouldn't you? Right. And sure. what do they find? They find Matthew. They see Matthew walking through the woods. With her away jacket from, on. Because he's walking away from the guy, I think, because he knew the guy was taking photos. And, he, and he's got her jacket on. And then they cut, and then you've got Matthew kind of not looking at the camera. Right. And it's interesting, Why when I watched Matthew it there? when I watched it also, I, was, I watched Matthew would not look at the interviewer when he would say things like, when he was lying, yeah. he doesn't look well, at I the camera. I didn't catch that. That's cool. But, 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 but again, why, why is well, he there? Why is Matthew there? That well, fo- obviously, this busts him out because him wearing the jacket looks suspicious, and him he's trying to seed. But the big thing is he uh, admits the right. backyard photo, right? And he also admit he admits that the reflection photos he shows how they were done, right? That the, the, he's basically playing footage of her on a television, I believe, and reflecting it in the mirror and cutting off the areas that show anything else. And yeah, he's he's manipulating these, these setups, and then he, since he's the one taking the footage of the footage, he's calling. He's basically directing this ghost footage, and he says, the reason he did it was to kind of get the body exhumed, right? To, to get, get his mother to get the body exhumed, so that would force her to accept. Accept that that is, but he also fe- but he also says things like he feels there's something in the house. Yeah. And then his, but the next interview is his mom, who basically says she doesn't buy, she, which is interesting, because it's funny when a movie debunks its ideas that way. So you know, here's a, here's basically here's a plot problem. Why is he doing the hoax? Is he trying to get attention? Possibly. Is he in, in his own grief? What, what is he trying? Is he trying to keep her spirit alive? No pun. I mean, it doesn't make sense necessarily. No. And it makes him look. Suspicious his, as because fuck. His, because his motive his motivation is bullshit there. It just doesn't sound right. But if her ghost is being seen in the house, mom will get the idea to exhume the body. Mm. Even if there was talk about that, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Right. Helping push an exhumation, being of some hope, is yeah. sort of what he's saying. Yeah. And it's yeah. like... Doesn't make um, any sense. What the fuck is that? But, here, but the thing is that's interesting about that is... Well, that's also why I want to know when the documentary people came in. Because it would be like, why would they still be around if if he was if the hoax was busted? Did they come in after that? Did they because they do chop up footage going back and forth a little bit. They they keep the reveal going, right? And introduce other things without just going, oh, but this was a hoax. What I wrote after that is that despite the hoaxed images, Russell was convinced he saw Alice. Right. Matthew maintains he felt something was still in the house, and the mother is convinced. And That's... then we have the anomaly of other footage. Coming up because they leave cat he he and Ray go on the road. Right. They leave the house. They are definitely gone. Right. There is no manipulation possible of these images. Uh, Russell and June are never shown to know how to use anything other than whatever camera they're holding for, for for just jerking around in the backyard like type of stuff. Ray takes him to consultations and help he asks him to help him with phot- photographing and just get him out of the house. Obviously to get him away from the hoax shit. Mm. You know, and that's what that's that's where I really felt like it was interesting that him and Ray were getting close and see in, in ways that his they shared more interest than him and his father is. Mm. But who knows? Right. 
this is my beginning of a pro a real problem with the way the story's going. Well, we get into a, a plot point that never sat well with me. But while they're on the road, and he's doing his consultations, Matthew set up cameras in the house. And there appears to be because, someone in the house. And, yeah. There's someone in the house. Yeah. And they're getting, they got a shot of Alice. Yeah. There's a, there's a, a specific new shot. They leave that shot up for some time to let you know that this is not the, not the fake footage. This is not the uh, hallway. This is not the mirror footage. She's leaning up against her back up against uh, a wall in one of the rooms. And then June keeps looking through the footage and finds something else. <laughs> She sees my least favorite part of the film. Uh, uh, it is. It is definitely. I would when I said you could have jettisoned parts. This is the part that does not work. They for me. they look. They're looking at other photos. Not that closely yet, but they're looking at the photos again, and they see. Well, this is. They're looking at footage still. Right. Yeah, yeah. And they and they see, their neighbors in the house. Yeah, they see there's a guy creepy crawling in the house. But he the he's, same way that June had he been hasn't been crawling. interviewed. He hasn't been yeah. established. He's a whole new... I didn't like the way that... Yeah. You would think that they would have talked to the neighbor. Uh, I, I just feel like this part is shoehorned in. It's like they could a, have done something it's else. It's another red herring, maybe? Well, we, well, this is where we're basically getting into the, the... We're also getting into the whole Laura Palmer aspect of things, where Alice Palmer has... Oh, that's interesting. Alice Palmer has a secret life. Right. And what we find out is that the neighbor was in the house because they discover hidden in Alice's room, I believe. Yeah, behind a grill, behind some stuff, she has she has seek, her secret stash of a diary, right. a videotape and some other... And there's a videotape of an explicit, but a very blurry, yeah. uh, hardcore scene of her fucking the husband and wife. It's actually hard to tell if she's... If, if, if it's I her or the wife. she's the... Third, I think she's the person that's not actually having sex okay. at the time, but clearly the husband and wife have, are grooming her, have been grooming her, right? And she is because we find out that the she's been babysitting. She's them babysitting for them for years. They have had pool parties where other neighborhood kids have come to. It's creepy. Yeah, it's, it's it's well done. I just don't think it fits. The problem is the twoies. When we get this, when is we, the twoies who live next door. If they're if, not characters, they just all of a sudden there's a guy in the house, which just seems like. A, it's not a second miracle type of thing. It's not like they found an alien in the house well, or a second ghost. But it just, it, it, it's, it's a sore point. Because it doesn't go anywhere. The, the, these, this couple we find out moves away. It's a means to an end that doesn't work. Right. I don't believe that the police couldn't find them. Well, it, aren't, aren't we really saying that, I mean, is the purpose of the introduction of this plot this to is... really enforce... That Alice has a secret life. Yes. She's not who yes. we think she is. That's, that's, it's, it's, it's too much for that. It's too much. I think it's too much. And there's a second point this is that, I wanted, that I was hinting at before. This is where we get to the point where the family is exploiting this kid. They are allowing this documentary. That's interesting. That to show good. their daughter in a three-way with <laughs> their neighbors. While there's actual softcore pornography. The guy is bawling. I think he's bawling his wife because I don't think that because I I was curious about that because the hairstyle it looked like it might have been Alice's hairstyle on the girl who was on her knees watching this she was right with them you could it's inferred that they're all having sex together and it's not the first time most likely uh, but uh, I don't think that they would actually want to have an underage child getting seen having softcore sex right. in, in this day and age. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, basically, I think it's I think it's jarring. They could have done it in a different way. Well, especially because we never we never meet these people. No, that we're seen. They're seen in photographs with their kids' faces. There's they some videos. There's that videos. Shows, of, yes, at the so, pool parties. Right, which is which is to go back there. There, while there's images of her with the neighbor that she's with, and I think with the wife. There's also pool party images with Matthew there. Yeah. He's not filming it. Right. They're together. And I just found that well, so interesting. Well, so were the, uh, some of the kids that are interviewed. It sounds like they were the party. <laughs> they were, the, you know what I mean? <laughs> These were two swinger party people and they right. groomed Alice into their, into a sex life with them. And yeah. it's creepy. It would, I think, I just, I just feel like it's all of a sudden, it's a loud, jarring screech. Right. Um, because then they, they want to make it go away. Well, it's they they, they introduce it right. and it's it's a it's a thorn in the movie. Because side. the solution is we find out that that family I think six months they, after she dies right. moves away and they can't. Well, they this is already passed. Yeah, time had already passed. Um, the guy tried to find the tape. Now it's like, why did she even keep the tape? They actually talk about that, and she's like, well, he didn't want her to, him to have it. Well, why would you keep it? Alice is is. Going through things. I don't know what the timeline is exactly between her getting into this affair with the Tuies next door and the thing that's driving her personality crisis and her and her depression and her her unhappiness because she ha- everybody talks about her secrets now because everybody finds this out which is terrible. Mm. Uh, the Tuies sell their house and go on the run. The police lose leads on them. That doesn't. I actually. It, the, it, it's kind of convenient that the family can't be located. I give them points that they don't go for the obvious, the, the ring kind of thing, where they find them all dead with their faces fucked up, <laughs> or that there is a mysterious car crash. That get, that, but the, but it just feels like, uh, here's this weird, here's this plot point that kind of sexes things up literally, raises stakes. It, it serves to reveal that Alice had a secret life that no one knew about that was really, it was very Laura Palmer in, in a way, you know, she's, she's got a, she has a sex life. She's having sex with older people. She's having threesomes with the couple next door. She's cheating on her boyfriend. I mean, right. you know, I'm not, that's not a, a thing. But who seems but to have no idea. Who, who had no idea and said he wouldn't have gone out with her. Her friends had no idea. Mm. So there's deep, deep secrets here. But it could have been a lot of things. And then the twoies are brushed away. Uh, they're just they're such a pl- they're such a plot contrivance. Yeah, I, I really have a problem with that. I would have genocided that. Him sneaking into the house makes no sense to me. Wouldn't they know that there were cameras on? Everybody seems to be talking about how. Uh, it, I mean, it, if you think about it, wouldn't it, he hear the cameras? It, 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 am that, I crazy? But, I, I think. I think again, it, it is a. a, a it, it's, it's a. It's a. It's very obvious that it was done specifically yeah. to get us into. It's a plot hammer. Right. It's and a plot it hammer, and it's a way to also get. It's. It's a very dramatic way to show her secrets. Uh, uh, although it's not. It's not her. Wor- it's not her scariest secret, but it is the. You know. It's out there, and I, I also I almost feel like the family reacts kind of weird. To well, that. the father. It was interesting because you've been talking about how the Russell, father the said father he would throttle him. Yes, that's what I was going to say. They ask him, "What would you do if your neighbor?" Oh, was his character is very con- consistent, though. Also, yeah, no, 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 no. I don't no. think he's. What, yeah. No, what I'm trying to say is, I never picked up on the fact of how cold the father was. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking when we get up to this yeah. scene when they yeah. say, "If the neighbor was there, what would you do?" And he just goes. I, I throttle him. Yeah. And it seems 
like now uh, that's probably just an ad lib but it really is an odd way of saying it. It is an odd way of saying it. It felt like something was bubbling under there. But again, yeah, yeah. who the hell knows? Right. I, I would love to see interviews with the... I usually don't want to see things that pick apart a movie up too much, but I would really like to see... I would, I would love to read a book about this movie, right. a monograph about this movie, because I don't have a clue. I mean, I think my opinion is the same as yours on the, on, on the, on the, two, on the Neighbors. I just feel like it's, it's, a, it's, it's almost like a jump scare. That wasn't necessary. It's right. such a. Well, I mean, here's a picture of the ghost on the left, <laughs> and here is Mister Tui from next door on his on, cre- creepy crawling <laughs> in our house. I mean, I mean, I mean, the, it's just weird that there's people going into. What, what's wrong with this fucking town? Yeah, it's, you know. She, I mean, again, there's a Twin Peaks element here that a lot of people have interesting. On, yeah, I never, I never. The Palmers have a daughter who's running around doing. Right. insane shit there's there's creepy photos and there's evidence and there's possible blackmail I mean she's not there's neighbor, June's walking walking the streets at four in the morning because she's grieving and can't go to sleep but she's breaking into people's houses and walking around which people knew about it just it's it's just yeah it's, it's a camel that kind of breaks the Straw that breaks the camera right. back and, and a little I, bit. And I f- <laughs> it doesn't break the movie. It doesn't. No. I, but I'm, I, I remember the first time it happened, I was just like, really? And, and I feel, I honestly it's feel. It's hard to recover from Like that. the next two big reveals, I have issues with for different reasons. And okay, so what are that? Now that we find out about this couple and we see that, that there's. Oh, yeah. I th- we are now, we now find out that the psychic. Yeah. Actually was consulted yeah. By Alice. They think Alice had heard him on the radio. Plausible. And, and that she went to him. Also plausible. But I, it's another plot hammer it, for me to get those interviews. It, because really the purpose of that, of Alice and June both going to the psychic, both being under, both talking about their experiences, yeah. sets up a plot point that's important. And I like it. But, but I don't like the way they reached it. No. Because it's, just, it's another thing that felt dr- just... How do we do this? The family now, because they weren't told, yeah. because he says, well, I, I didn't think, I didn't want to betray her confidence. Yeah, yeah. He said, damned if I do, damned if I don't, which I thought was interesting, because it's like, no, you could just not do the job. <laughs> which was, it was an interesting, I think that was a slippage <laughs> towards Ray's a jerk. Yeah. And what winds up happening is he is now estranged from this Ray is, Ray is asked to leave. They don't want to tell, right. yeah, they don't want to, to talk to Ray. <sighs> I, I, I don't like the way that was done either. I mean, like... The sex tape and what happens with the neighbors. Ray having Alice as a client feels contrived. Right. It, it feels like there might be... A, I mean, less contrived. He's obviously a pop... I mean, the, you know, he's not an unknown quantity. He has a radio show. This happened in, what, 2004. More people listen to the radio than they do. Just, it's a little too neat. But it's too neat. One of the problems is when our reveal of what actually has gone on, her motivation for going to him seems very strange to me. Um, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But she doesn't tell him what happened. No, she, she, no, you know what? Well, here's the funny thing. You're right. In the the opening of the movie, and this doesn't blow anything because this is what Alice says. The first lines of dialogue in the movie over the spirit photographs right before the title is Alice saying, I feel like something bad is going to happen to me. I feel like it has happened. It hasn't reached me yet, but it's on its way. That might be a little bit off. But this is the harbinger. This is the this is right. what's eating away at her. This is what is and this is one of the things that he picks up on. It's a neat trick. What we've been seeing with June, we have heard her some of her conversations with Ray while she's under. But you are right. You would think that 
when you're talking to a doctor or a therapist or a psychic and here's a guy who literally won't tell your mother that you've been there which is great mm. i mean in some ways it's admirable right. some ways it's it's hinky it's hard to tell but you want to tell somebody about what's going on right because it's fucking important it, it, but yeah. she only talks about it in her hypnosis she doesn't actually tell him the reason she's going to him right i didn't even think of that and i found that being he weird. doesn't know he you're doesn't right know. he doesn't know because he could have warned if you think about it he could have warned the family right off or he could have told the family right off i think i know what happened right but is that the contrivance that if he knew more he might have actually said something because it was that's fucking crazy right if he if he knew the actual reveal because I'm, I'm we're only... an hour in the movie and our last half hour Oof. goes in an absolute new direction in a lot of ways we're introduced to something and a conclusion well, the, that get... cannot be seen from clues necessarily in the beginning. It's hinted no, to, no. but you cannot... Well, this is this is where we get into M.R. James territory. When I talk about how this is a haunting and this is a ghost story, it's not necessarily the stuff going on in the house. We've been told uh, a couple of times through the movie that Alice seemed to change a little after she went on a school trip a year before her death to Lake Mongo. Yeah, we... Uh... We also get, we get Alice's diary, that's it. Right. We get two things. We see Alice's diary because the diary was hidden with the videotape. We see June going through the diary, and we see in the planner portion of the diary the word Lake Mungo, which looks really creepy but makes perfect sense. She has written it in large capital letters on all these days because she's going on a school camp outing. She comes back from Lake Mungo without her phone, without her watch, they start, they start talking about the trip because Lake Mungo is introduced from the diary. They start going. And it's funny because they have, this is, it's actually, they're kind of like not cheerful, but they have the funny memory of our kid came back and just basically had, said she had a great time. Well, June says she she's lost. very upset that she lost her, her daughter lost her phone. Well, June's upset, she but they start it. almost kind of laughing about it. She goes, her most prized possessions. She just lost them all. <laughs> yeah. And they're just kind of like, it's just weird. Well, what, another interesting thing is that we have to deal with the fact that this is a polished, finished, in quotes, documentary. They are withholding information. Right. They are editing as if this was a real film. They, sure. They don't want to bury the lead. They don't want to reveal. They want to keep you watching. Our final reveal yeah. works with most, but not all of what's come before. It. Right, right. Basically, every, it, it, everything that you've seen is explain it's one of the reasons i was curious about the time frame because it's not something i was able to figure out but like when does she start fooling around with the neighbors it's possible there's a whole year you know, yeah of course that's what i'm saying it's like which but but that can undermine some of the some of the secrets because is she someone on a destructive path because um, well we should yeah we should get to what yeah. happened so what we what i think we, we end up get we end up seeing her friend kim's phone footage right so what we what we find is there I'm is not now, sure why they bring it up, though. There's, there's curiosity now about what happened at Lake Mongo. Yeah. Right? And we find that there is footage. There's two, two cameras. Right. There's footage from kids' phones yeah, that were friend, fucking around. Her friend Kim and her friend Kate, who I believe we've both seen throughout the film in interviews about her. Definitely Kim, yeah. Yeah. But we get Kim's phone footage, important scenes. Right. Here. And one of them is Alice walking off. One of them is Alice walking off on her own. They also comment that she looks like she's bothered in earlier in some scenes, and while everybody's having a good time, the, the camera photos are also horrible quality. Yeah, they're two thousand and four camera. Yeah, uh, and, and I think great. 
works great. And they're they're awful. And you'd be like, only bad technology. Only times where you would have technology that bad would anybody save such awful. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like saving Polaroids where you can hardly see what's in them because it's the yeah. best you could have. And Kate's footage show they are watching some people walking around, and they notice that Alice, Alice is, is uh, in this incline. Seems to be burying something. She's burying something, which is never good. Right. Somebody is secretly burying something, and somebody who came home without things. <laughs> so now the family is feels that Lake Mongo is their next place to go to the only place they really can go to now. and they and they describe going there they describe not wanting people to be around so they yeah, go they, at they night they go at night so it's creepy as right it's, so. it's also beautiful yeah. there's some absolutely beautiful there's some absolutely beautiful shots landscapes and exteriors throughout the film that help it's great atmosphere and when they're dry the whole sequence where they're driving it's short but it's the sun is almost completely down there's beautiful blood red streaks mm. through the sky and they're getting closer to this mystery. It's just, mm. it's a, it, the scene has more weight than I think it even, does, than it should have. But it just really, right. those scenes really worked for me when they were going through Lake right. Mongo. Yeah. We, we have them using images right. and, and they're there's eyeing a, it to There's a large, find, unique tree that she was right. near. So they go and they, they dig cover, up they and they find a plastic bag with her phone and her, some jewelry and I guess a watch. Yeah, I think her bracelet. Yeah. Uh, the and it, it's funny because it echoes them finding the diary and the videotape. I mean, I don't. It's an interesting yeah. callback. No, yeah. And they and they view the tape and this is the story. Yeah. And this is why it's called like Mongo. What happens is they see that Alice made a video of something on her phone. Yeah. And, and this is the only found footage in the movie. These f- three phone camera. Other than the sex tape, they find the sex tape. Oh, Jesus, I didn't even fucking think of that. And what we get is a very jarring and unexpected video. We see that Alice is walking, and there's someone walking towards her. Yeah, there's a fuzzy, white figure that she's approaching. I don't think she says anything. No. The figure definitely does not say anything. And when it's close enough to be identified... They freeze frame it. And it's of Alice's dead body it's, after it's, she drowns. She, it's Alice. It is Alice. It's Alice. It's so fucking creepy. So, it's so simple. And it could be... I can understand that it might underwhelm people who have seen the craziest films. You know, I mean, we've seen films that are certainly like more over... But it works for me. Freaks me out just thinking about it right now in a lit room. And I'm not, you know... And I honestly it's, think... It's a terrific... I think it's when you reveal. brought up... Emil James, that yeah. the movie clicked. It's in got my a head. real whistle, and I'll come for yeah. you. Yeah, it's got that. It's got that. It, this is a spectral figure following you or encountering you right. that wants to meet you on the beach, in a lonely place. It's it's got that warning to the curious. It's got. It's such a. This is where it's pure ghost. Like it's, you've met. Right. You've met yourself. It explains Alice's problem and motivations. It does not explain anything else. No. Why and, has this happened? Yeah. What exactly is this? It, is she seeing herself in the future? Is this a ghost? Is it a premonition of her death? That, it's also the only jump scare that we have in the movie. because it's, a, it's actually cleverly done mm. because they bring you out of the, the creep zone and they go to an interviewer, the person that they've been talking to. What's also interesting is that there is dialogue over this sequence, if I remember correctly. 
It's not just that it's not you don't get Alice you don't get the normal found footage thing at all. It's it's pretty unique. You get description mm. by uh, people and they go they're talking basically like, you know, well Alice, you can see something, something, something. Alice is not doing hello. <laughs> she's not saying, Do you see that? Hey she's not screaming, she's, she's not, not running talking. away. She is walking towards herself and the other thing is not screaming or running at her. It is they're both approaching each other while who, the people being interviewed in the documentary are explaining what they are seeing. Right. And, and what we don't ever see is what happens next. No. What the, the last thing we see is, like I said, they cut to an, who, who is being interviewed. I don't know if it's Russell or June. I think it might be Russell. And they're basically going, it appears to be Alice. Right. You had said earlier that and her then they, was... then they cut back to the jump scare. <laughs> Which is the thing coming incredibly close and sort of opening up its mouth, or it's hard. You don't know what it, it doesn't look like. It's raising its arms. It doesn't look like it's attacking, but it's getting too close. We don't know if it did anything to Alice. Right? Could it have psychically done something? Could it, you know, mentally did it did it attempt to get her? She doesn't seem to be in a panic that she's being chased when we see her next in footage that her friends capture of her basically wigging out of, of being upset. Mm. But yeah, you you she's upset, but her her reaction, whatever happens with those two figures. Yeah. Eventually she's upset, she buries her phone. Well, and she's she immediately and her, goes and starts burying and her, everything. And it's like you said, her most she's not necessarily burying her phone because there's a video. She's burying no, her phone because she's, she's all her possessions, her she, most important. She's giving up. She's yeah. basically she's dead. Yeah, she knows she's dead. It's and it's, either inherently or yeah. emotionally, or it's an, and again, this could be a, this could be in an M.R. James or a ghost or classic ghost story or or you know, a gothic emotional overload. That you know what I mean. The 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 literal dread yeah. has just driven her to give up. She she wants nothing to do with her life. It's just really fucking creepy. And yeah, that fe- this is a nicer way, I think, of getting a plot point across. Why does she bury this stuff? Well, because she's absolutely just gone bonkers. She's, she's, she's kind of catatonic. There's a lot of ways to deal with that. And it's a smoother way of getting that stuff buried so that there is a mystery to be found, that there's a treasure to be, you know, there's, there's something to be uncovered. There's the, there's the amulet from the changeling type of thing. You know, the, the link. Uh, the weird thing, I, th- I found this interesting. I don't know if it has anything to do with it. But you know what? Do you remember what immediately happens after she buries it and the friends find her? It rains. It rains. Yeah. And there's like a yeah. a drowning. And they're all, she's wet. Right. And she's she, she is alone with her secret. Nobody seems to know. You know, they grab her. They're kind of, yeah. what? Hey, Alice. You know what I mean? And they're not even drinking or drinking. You know, they're not, it's not, they just, they, you could tell her friends like her. They take her away from there. Like, Alice, what's the matter? You're, she's depressed. They pull her to a shelter. They take her to shelter, but they can't save her. Nobody can no. save her. No. And in the last half hour of the film, when this is revealed and, and the final things we get to when the film ends, I think it has a very... I think that is a terrific story. It's beautiful. It's, it's lyrical. It's, it's, it's just a beautiful, haunting, terrible because we have more misery coming. Yeah. We have a sadness coming that's almost the worst part of the movie. Alice is so fucked. 
Yeah. I feel so bad for that character. There's a catharsis. I mean, this is the this is the, this is the mystery. Right. We don't know we don't know the implications of what like and, which is interesting this is what we say the car going backwards is that to kind of just is it, time looping is it is it, they is go, it hints is, is it, that just a, yeah is that is just there a something kinda, weird about is there is it is it just a poetic moment mm. because of the fact that she has met herself in the future a couple of things before we get to the the, the end end is that we get um we get their ideas of what it was mm. um russell thinks it's a ghost matthew thinks it's the future coming together to which is interesting because he basically is like this is that that's the 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 science angle the yeah. time angle dimensional angle um he thinks that that's her future and uh june just basically is like there's no rational explanation to what we saw on that camera um and i think she says something about like alice knew she was going to die mm. which can you imagine well, Can, I, here's the thing that put me. I was like the third time watching it, where I'm like, you know, I'm a detached from because it's not washing over you the first time, and you're sure. not having a sense overload of of information or anything. And it's just like, can you imagine? I mean, it's just it's a terrific conceit. It's a terrific scene of you're walking in this wasteland, this this you know, and you encounter your dead body in this state, walking towards you. It's in the dark, in the absolute dark. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. Right. And somehow... You're going to go have a normal life after well, that, well, right? But, I mean, it really does make a lot of things make sense, obviously. Right. She is, you know... She is doomed. She's not looking to stop what she's not even sure was happening. No, she's not even... She's, she's not investigating her own... She's, she's obviously a mess because she goes to Ray. But again, your point is really well taken. You think the first thing she would say is like, "Look, look, I got this." I went to like Mongo. Do you want? Can you look at this camera? Doesn't that look like me dead? <laughs> yeah. Is there a spell? Yeah, right. Do you know spell? Exactly. Exactly. How do I hide? Right. How do I? Do I have to kill a child? Do I? Have to, can I kill a neighbor who's trying to fuck me? <laughs> it's like, yeah. I mean, he, honestly, the more you talk, the more you look at it, the more you're like, "Come on," she would have to tell somebody. Right. She's, they, they, now, June's not religious. They talk about that earlier. None of them seem to be religious. No. I don't think they attend church. That's actually a point that they make, which gets them out of the, if they're Catholic, confession, things like that. But even so, my God, if you're going to go to a psychic, you're going to go to a ghost guy or whatever, even though he's, I've never seen a ghost. But here's a guy who talks about, he thinks that there's a good chance. He actually says, it, he says, I forget what he says about life after death, but he basically says, he has a flippant line that I wrote down, uh, which points to Ray's, personality a bit and the possibility that death is not the bitter end there's a possibility that death is not the bitter end okay and then he says what happened what what might happen it's up for grabs <laughs> which isn't a great out <laughs> yeah. i mean yeah is he if i wrote here is he a phony is he a common is he convinced he's helping and it makes his kind of rationalizing certain things okay and his is he a believer for real his hand is not tipped um and i feel like the, and it felt to me almost like the family was trying to make up their own minds after this video is revealed, there's a catharsis. Right. They seem to be... They there's s- a classic ghost story, denouement. I don't even think that... <laughs> I don't think that's right, but I really like saying denouement like yeah. that. Is that this house is clean. Right. And, uh, and their emotion... They are able to basically... June says Alice wanted them to know her before she could leave. Right. Which is a great way to justify being so open with all the really horrible things that they allow people to see and that allow to use in the documentary because they're like, 
warts and all. Okay, this is what Alice wanted. Alice yeah. wanted us to find this tape. Alice yeah. wanted to let us know that she was this unhappy and depressed. Um, they really shove a lot off on Alice. And then, in the end. Ray, our psychic, is, then is passing by. They invite him. He's he's going to be around. He's in the neighborhood. They have shown that he does work. Yeah, I, yeah, but, but he's. But that, I'm not yeah. suggesting oh, oh, anything oh, oh. at all. But he he is then reintroduced. In Ray the is allowed and, back into the family unit, right. and we see them happier. Maybe the happiest family this we've is the, seen. In this them. is the closest we've seen them. Uh, we see shots of them going to cricket matches. We see them at uh, at um, events. We see Matthew and Russell jogging and hanging out. This is the first time that we're seeing the footage of them. Now that is easily manipulated because we don't know if we have footage like this if their real lives were right. real from beforehand. But it's the first time that we see them happy. Right. And there is... Na- and I mean, they feel, doesn't it feel like they're burying Alice? Well, here's the thing because I mean, not they're not only okay with it, they decide they're moving the fuck out. Well... They decide that, th- yeah. that one of the things that they're going to do is they're moving. It's hard to tell if the filmmakers are making this point or the documentaries are making this point but watching it another time really hammered home to me how they were like we're done well and also but they, they, they say there's something like the house was calm they don't feel her presence anymore right. they felt that they could move on and they felt being in the house was wrong at this point that they it really right. was not helping and, them. and the, the thing is this sets up our final the house felt different. It felt calm. Yeah. Right. Since since our psychic Ray is now in the fold again, he has another... The final consultation with her. Right. With, with June. Which is, I believe, the, the same as the first one. And we have footage of... The, oh, this is also found footage. This is the fifth element of found footage. Uh, because he tapes all of his uh, consultations. Right. I had no problem with this. He tapes no, them and he can so. actually... He gives copies. Yeah. And he makes one for himself. For, right. for the, he gets right. a copy it, for, the, for the person, Did you the look for Alice's tape when he yes. showed them in the beginning? Yes. On your multiple yeah, was, washing I to know if it was there? Is it there? I could not. I know. I could, it. Yeah, it would have been a nice detail <laughs> if you saw it up in a... Yeah. But I mean, it, you know. But yeah, we get our, our final, our final consult, uh, meeting with Ray and June. It's a really well... It's well done. Mm. Even if you don't like the way that we have both sides of this equation. Mm. But they play... Ray's consultation with June, mirroring right. Ray's consultation with Alice, that the two of them are seeing, basically, two, the same thing. they're on the mirror. It's a mirror's image of this event that they are seeing each other. Right. But. But June doesn't connect with her daughter. June doesn't connect with her daughter. Alice sees her, and June is talking about how Alice is gone. Right. It's fine. But basically, we're getting two, two sides of the story. Of this double haunting, this vision the two of them have, and it's of Alice seeing her mother, not seeing her, and June doing the walk through the house to her room again as before, and basically going, "This house is clean." Right. Uh, she she says, "Alice isn't here, she's gone." It, you get the two visions matching each other, and June says, "Alice isn't here," and Alice says, "She's gone." That the two of them just yeah. don't connect. And, she, and I think she also says her mom doesn't see her. Yeah. I don't feel her mom's, yeah. my mom sees yeah. me, which has been talked about earlier. Yeah. But it, it mirrors their relationship the, the, in life. But what, but what that leads to is after the scene of them moving, the moving truck drives away. Moving, and that, they have a party. Yeah. 
with and you get to see more people from the movie right. are at this going away thing. We see an image of the family yeah. in Ma- front of the house. Yeah, Matthew, June, and Russell in the empty with the emptied house about to about to you know, it's the last I wonder who took the picture. I wonder if it was Ray. Yeah, maybe. Or if it was a moving guy because they show yeah. the movie. It's oh, that's funny, mm. but yeah. And then this is the gut wrencher. And we and we see Alice in the house. Yeah. So the the last punch in the face. It, it, the movie basically has this like you know musical note that it's done. The image is frozen and the camera moves closer to the front door. The family's moving away. They're leaving her in the fucking there. house. It, she it, has been abandoned by her family twice. It doesn't seem like they were there for her when she was alive. They weren't there for her when she was grieving for her up, her own death. And now they have left her behind. She's haunting their house. Which is honestly something I didn't get on my first viewing. I wound up reading up on it. Well, they show. Well, no, no, you, you knew that she was in the house. No, though, right? I knew she was in the house, but... It didn't weigh on me how no. that's almost a betrayal. No, the betrayal that she's did, left the, alone. the betrayal took this is why it's funny. Yeah. I think all these movies are worth seeing more than once. Um uh if you like them enough that you could sit through them again because they all fill in. Right. Because it's like I said, the sensory overload of you're taking in information. You know, when you watch a movie, you're doing so many things, it's almost like driving a car. You well, yeah. don't really know you're doing it. But you are you. It is hard to notice what was that that I passed in the car on the left. <laughs> the second time you go through there, you go, oh, there's one of those little yeah. used car lot oh, figure my, my things. My cat is puking. I looked right. over. Yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah. find the fucking meaning of the movie. <laughs> yeah, right. Because the thing is, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna miss something. But you know, are you paying attention to? You're scared in that scene, mm. and your adrenaline goes, and you're not necessarily paying attention to words being said in the next ten seconds. Yeah, you're gonna miss a lot. And I, I watched it now three times. I just watched, like I said, I watched it a couple of weeks ago. That betrayal didn't really become concrete for me until this third time. Yeah. Because as I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm getting more of what the family... And that's the, that's the killer. Well... I mean, you get two, two murders in well, this thing. That's her seeing herself, and then it's I, so bad. I, th- I think we should talk about the credits before we do an overview, because... Sure, because... Remember then, that pin I wanted in the backyard photo in the beginning of this sure. discussion? The problem... Sure. That we now have. I love I love the ending, but it, it really doesn't. It pisses me it off. It doesn't work because what we have. Well, first let's tell tell our listeners if they have. Well, if they've probably seen the movie, but let's go over. The movie effectively ends, and we get some cre- We get a credit sequence, and for the f- first few first like minute of the credit sequence, after several credits, we get another one of the images that we've already seen in the movie. Right, and what what we are now going to be shown. Is that all those images yeah. with that Matthew faked? Yeah. If you look closer, I don't think they're all the fakes. I think well, you we, might be right. We yes. see some of the f- photos that we've come to know right. from the movie. Some of the famous photos, let's right. say, right. Uh, are shown, and then the camera once again, right. like so, moves in to show us details. That so, so the the famous backyard photo, which Matthew definitely did. I think fake. that's the last one that we see. I think that we see. We see a couple of yeah, it's the, but that's the that's the big that's right. the big reveal. It's a good idea. It doesn't work it because doesn't, because everybody's been looking. They've at been looking pictures. at these photos like with magnifying and glasses. Guess what? Before. When I first saw the movie, you saw it. I saw the one on the right, not the fake one that's on the left. That's funny as hell. So all this time, I was like, wait, what's going on? Because the, the 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 fake photo of of uh, that Matthew made that shows her in the backyard. 
they've buried the second image of Alice. She's grayed out. She doesn't have the whiteness. I believe she's sitting thing. down. She's it, she's in the corner. It's hard to, but basically the camera zooms in on these multiple images. So we start seeing her in mirrors. We see her in, you know, upper left. She's in this. Um, it's a great conceit, but it falls apart. Right, especially since because of the, the, which I didn't actually think about the first time I watched it. The second time I watched it, I said, "Wait a second. Everyone has looked at the. Actually, well, Russell hasn't. Well, but June went back and watched these. When, Matthew, the filmmakers. Yeah, the the every it, it is a, a very interesting thing. Once but in the, reality, it's too much. It's also another place where the inclusion of the neighbor being seen in one of the photos makes you want to go well where the same way that the couple found footage where they saw the man who the man who took footage of supposedly alice at the at the at the lake which you would assume is matthew trying to do see get other people to see him on camera so that he's not the only so that it lends more credibility to his own photos which is fine but the same way that they went ghost hunting to see if they could find an image of alice that that guy captured everybody would be looking to see for the neighbor again. The police would be looking at all this footage. And then somebody would look well, at that backyard photo and, and go... The, and the backyard photo it, is the most obvious one because it there is. are literally two images when you spend it's like, a second looking It's like looking they couldn't... They couldn't the, 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 he, it's a great EC ending. Right. That doesn't deserve to be there because it doesn't work. Right. I loved it when I first saw it because it really... It's, it's, it's daggers in the heart over and over. Look where they missed her here. Look where they missed her. She really is dead. She really is in the house. She's trapped. This poor girl has been fate, the future. Everyone has, has failed her. She's failed herself also, possibly by the machinations of the movie script, if you know what I'm saying, by not looking for help, which you think... Almost anybody would because that's terrifying. But whatever the fuck, maybe she couldn't. It's you know you you can't fill that gap you know by going. Maybe she's supernaturally silenced or maybe she's shot. You can't make that special pleading for it. But those photos work as a gotcha, <laughs> but they fail logically. Right. Because and how would how would how would no one have found them? My thought about the film as a whole, having watched it twice, is that you have a very tight odd ghost story in the last half hour which talks about meeting a weird spectral image it's fate you're fucked up you're, over it you're uh, you, inescapable your family coming for you aren't close and even when you need them they're not close and in the end you're alone and you're dead and it's horrible the first hour of that movie hints at those things yeah. but it throws in to me did Matthew kill her? Wait, this fucking neighbor comes out of nowhere. Well, here's he, another thing he that I didn't think of. Here's something I didn't think of. Now, I'm not, I'm not a forensic expert. If I if I found my if I saw myself the way she saw, I don't know if I'd know if I if I drowned or if I was just desiccated. But I wouldn't go into the water. Right. You know, you do one of those. You know what I mean? The final destination. I've never seen the final. But you know, you go if you if you almost got killed by pipes, you stay away from pipes or whatever. You know what I mean? You know, don't go near the thing that you. And they said, you know, why she shouldn't even be in that lake. Or maybe she killed herself. Maybe I mean, yeah, there's, it's a possibility there, that she she was so destitute emotionally. There's a lot of ways they to don't still really. Look at the give, film. I don't think they really give you enough spine for anyone to have been a murderer. To be no, honest. no, but I but you 
do you not see the red herrings in the beginning? Oh, I, that's what I mean. There's definitely... I don't think you could... There's a movie that's open to interpretation is it, going to invite it, interpretation. It, if I yeah. was more of a contrarian piece of shit, I would say, <laughs> no, this shows that this one killed this one because, yeah. no, I don't think no, that's what yeah, the movie no. says. It's an interesting I, thing to throw out there, but, but I, well, also, it's like I, I'd be like, I'd stay the fuck away from more, I think, if I saw it. But I, well, she is wet. I mean, you can see that she's she's her hair is plastered right. down. And... It's also, it's a, it's it's the only effect in the movie and it's, it looks great. But it's understated there's one more right. image. Well, man, did I freeze framed it every fucking, yeah. Once, the movie is like over. Evan said, the credits start and then we get these images. When, and we then... s- when we see the last, when we see Matthew's fake and the fact that there is a real image of her along with it, the credits roll for real. And the then, credits roll right. out. And then we, yeah, we get the, we, oh, this is really the credits, but you know, you have to. Watch to see if a movie like this that's throwing ghost images inside the credits, you go, Well, let's sit and through it. After the credits and we see a flash of light and what appears to be Alice, either it's the it's corpse Alice. It's it's it, Lake Mongo. Think, it's Lake Mongo. Well here's an interesting thing. It's night. The shots are in color. It is not found footage. It yeah. is not it is it is cinematic footage. Right. It's not docu- it's not the documentaries. No. It is it is a for lack of a better word, random, chosen, straight representation of Alice's corpse in Lake Mungo. Yeah. And I'm like... And remember, it rains. So is are we supposed to feel like when that rain starts and that storm starts that that's... Because this is all open to interpretation, what we're seeing. It's really hard because basically they just go... It, it, it <laughs> feels like they're saying, her dead body is also roaming? I, I mean, I, is she trapped in the house and this thing is still walking around? That might be the creepiest image. It's fucking terrifying. It's like a Wicker Man shot or something like that. There's this, there's this, she's in shadow. It's, Are there two of her? Is, is one trapped out of, out of time? I, I think it's, I, I wonder because more. Because we don't see what happens to that dead one. I wonder more if that's, if, if that's another angle of what we see when the, when the storm's starting, and, right, and at the, right, that, it could it could, it could just be a, a, an illustration of the thing at Lake Mungo for real mm. when the rainstorm started, and it was just still standing there after she mm. ran away from it. It could just be a continuation of that shot, but it's very strange that it's not done in the black and white camera yeah. angle, which you'd think that they would have done. That it's 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 separate from the rest of the film right. because it's not. A piece of footage that the documentary crew would have access to. Yeah, it is. It is a. The coloring is not normal. It's not a. The coloring. Is, well, it's got that crazy sky that we were seeing. At yeah, it's, it's, it's got that it's, beautiful. Yeah. They show. It's a. It's a very specifically chosen shot. It could just be a corker thrown in at the end to give you a little shudder. But you're yeah, a movie like this, you're looking for meaning. You're looking for how it fits in. You're looking for what it might be pointing towards and it's like alice's ghost or corpse or future self it's just it's just creepy let's just say this right now even though we call this tear them apart and we've talked (laughs) about the issues with this we both really enjoy this movie i love this movie i love it yeah i I I mean i do to me those problems don't they're just plot problems they're not even really logic problems i mean i can no, I think it's just too much. I think for me, as a viewer watching this, I didn't really to... intently see yeah. it. That I mean, even the about... sex scene just kind of just feels out of place. Well, one of the things you that happens... I mean? yeah, the way of... that this film is presented, it's just like, 
all of a sudden it's like, oh, get the kids out of the room. You know, you're watching a, you're watching a doctor. Hey, get this guy fucking somebody. Get the kids out of the room. A movie like this, found footage has a tendency. We've been trained to look to the side, sure. to look to the bottom. Yeah. Something's going to appear there. Yeah. We're going to actually start getting into that in our next movies. When I'm eventually going to say where this falls in the three movies we're yeah. eventually talking about, these are the things that detract from it. But this movie is terrific. I love it. It's a terrific. If nothing else, it's a slow burn to a slow ending. It's a slow, it's quiet horror. I find it thrilling in the way that a classic ghost story is because the implications are so chilling, mm. so creepy, so sad. It's just utterly hopeless. Mm. And when, when you work backwards to the family issues and the family drama, you just feel miserable. Yeah. But it's a fascinating miserable because it's a contrived miserable. It's a, it's a story. It's a, it's a real story. A pleasing terror. Right. Like, like I think they said the M.R. James. I mean, it's just, there's something thrilling about the creepiness, about the, the possibilities, about the wanting to know more, about the trying to figure it out. And it's done in such a convincing way. I mean, it's done in such a decent way that even the stuff that we didn't like about it still... The incidents are more annoying than the filmmaking, well, if you know it, what I'm saying. It, it, it's, it's not all of a sudden like there was the, an action sequence. The ingredients aren't bad. They're yeah. not spoiled. Yeah, they would all no. work very well on their own. Yeah. I just felt there was too many courses. I really love it. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's very it's good. It's strong. So, Evan, we were going to talk about three films right. on this podcast. Right. I think that doesn't make any sense. What if... What if... We make three podcasts... For October and Halloween season. While we were doing this episode, Paul stopped it and said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Because obviously this conversation was moving. Mm. And um, yeah, we don't have to pack it all in. Especially considering the fact that we really pull things apart. And we're both talkers. And so why not do them in depth? Right. So instead of continuing with our next film... We're going to have a part two and a part three. Yeah, we're going to do all three in succession. And, and, you know, I think that's really good because also because, yeah, all three of these films have room for interpretation and pointing out. And I, I, also, I'd like room to compare and contrast because all three of these films, like we were talking about, have have some things in common. Not just the fact that they were written and directed by one person who then never made another film. Which is which is weird, mm. uh, and that but that they all have a different, interesting approach to found footage or docu fake you know fictional documentary, and they are all mysteries, and a lot of them rely on hoaxes, truths, belief, disbelief. Afterwards, I guess that's so that's Mongo Lake. That's yeah, we're done. Lake Mongo. Lake Mongo. Mongo, Candy Griffin for Lake Mongo. <laughs> that, that's our episode. I don't say uh, thanks to anybody still listening. Yeah, we haven't been here for a while. Thanks to our backers, and we are. I am finally uh, have somebody helping me get a tear them apart podcast T-shirt. Excellent, made for uh, a T Public site, so we should have that hopefully available soon. And um, hope you enjoyed the episode. Yeah, we'll be back very soon. Very soon. It's uh, it's Halloween 2022. <laughs> Great. I'm going to go pee. Oh, do it. The boys will return next episode with another deep dive into found footage with 2013's The Borderlands. Find the podcast online at tearthemapart.com. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on Twitter at TearThemPodcast. You can support the podcast on Patreon. 
go to patreon.com slash tear them apart podcast. Check out the Tear Them Apart podcast channel on YouTube for occasional live streams. Mongo only pawn in game of life.